heaven and earth. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and I sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, and bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Holy Spirit, Amen.
The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, as your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, ascended into the heavens, so may we also ascend in heart and mind and continually dwell there with him who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the ascension of our Lord is from 2 Kings chapter 2. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take away your master from over you? And he answered, Yes, I know it. Keep quiet. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the sons of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water. And the water was parted to the one side and to the other till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please, let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And as they still went on and talked, behold, chariots of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them, and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. And he took up the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water, saying, Where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he had struck the water, the water was parted to the one side and to the other, and Elisha went over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho saw him opposite them, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The second reading is from Acts chapter 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. When he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into the heaven as he went, behold, Two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them, while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the gospel of our Lord. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and, and he, he will come, come again, again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, 
who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our resurrected and ascended Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. When we first moved to Indiana, I was about 10 years old. My dad had a new job that required a good deal of air travel, probably every other week, and in the 70s, in the early 70s, that was a lot. I remember the many times we would take him to the airport. To this day, I still love the smell of jet fuel and airplanes. Things were different then from what they are now. We could walk the concourse of the old Indy Terminal all the way out to the furthest gate, sit with him until he got on the plane, watch them pull the, push the plane away from the gate. We could have even stayed all day if we had wanted to and just watched planes. In fact, there was an enclosed observation deck on top of the concourse, and you could go up to it. Dad got on the plane, we went up as he, as he watched, and we watched it disappear. Then he returned a few days later, many times with small gifts. And I still remember the send-offs and the returns. You can imagine the disciples gathered around Jesus, as he departs from them and ascends to his Father in heaven. It's 33 AD. Nothing goes into the heavens. Nothing goes into the sky not to abruptly return to earth. Rocks, spears, arrows, objects thrown from war machines all abruptly return. There were no birthday or hot air balloons, no hang gliders or gyrocopters. 
No jets, no drones the size of Jimmy John's sandwiches that might buzz off and disappear. It was unheard of. Things did not go up into the heavens, depart and stay there. But Jesus did. Why is the ascension of Jesus so important? Wasn't his death and resurrection enough? In a sermon a few weeks ago, I spoke of the need for Jesus to return to the Father so the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, could be sent. The very Spirit of Jesus himself. His ascension was the completion of his time on earth, his exodus from the temporal creation as we know it. It was Christ's vocation to save mankind from sin from the beginning of time. It was given him by his Father in heaven. He had told the disciples that he would return to his Father, their Father, and prepare a place for them and all who believe in him. Jesus is ascended as our high priest. He intercedes for us before his Father, our Father in heaven. He, by virtue of his sinless death and resurrection, stands between God's wrath against the sinful world, we who sin much and daily, He hears our prayers and intercedes before God our Father in heaven on our behalf. It is this reason we pray to and in his name and not to that of various saints. So how does Jesus sit at the right hand of God? When my dad got on a plane and ascended in flight, or when any of us go anywhere, our temporal bodies have one location. On the plane in seat 26C, for instance, or wherever we are located. In our lives, we have only the ability to be in one finite place in space and time. Not so with God. God is not limited by what we know and understand, and we, in our fallen human state, are unable to understand the height, the depth, the breadth, the width, magnitude, and glory of God's almighty existence and being. Artists depict the Father and Son on some golden throne wearing crowns and garments of gold and white that shine like the sun. Why? Because in what other way can our very small minds express our limited understanding of this? Understanding Jesus at the right hand of God is much like trying to understand the mystery of the Holy Trinity. Three persons, yet one God. I've seen all manner of good diagrams depicting this, but ultimately it's our sinful mind trying to explain something beyond our reason or sense. Believing is a matter of faith that is given by God. If we add our own human reason, then we become like an ant, one that might be on the picnic table you might eat at this weekend, trying to comprehend the hand that kindly pushes it off the the table onto the ground. Our Father in heaven cares for us to such a wonderful and great degree that he has given us Holy Scripture and the Holy Spirit so we may have faith and understand, faith that understands and have comfort in the fact that Jesus is not only at, but is the right hand of God, his mighty arm that saves. Luther in his writings states, The scriptures teach us that the right hand of God is not a specific place in which a body must or may be, such as on a golden throne, but is the almighty power of God, which at one and the same time can be nowhere and yet must be everywhere. It cannot be at any one place, I say, for if it were at some specific place, it would have to be there in in a circumscribed and determinate manner as everything which is at one place must be at that place determinately and measurably, so that it cannot, meanwhile, be at any other place. But the power of God cannot be so determined and measured, for it is uncircumscribed and immeasurable, beyond, above, beyond and above all that is or may be. In our creed, we confess that it is God who creates, sustains, and holds all creation together. Be it the tiniest sprout in the earth, keeping the oceans in their place, or giving us our very breath in each and every moment. God is in us, at work, in all things. To this, Luther states concerning God's right hand, it must be essentially present. If he is to create or preserve it, speaking of all creation, he must be present and must make and preserve his creation both in its innermost and outermost aspects. 
Therefore, indeed, he himself must be present in every single creature in its innermost and outermost being, on all sides, through and through, below and above, before and behind, so that nothing can be more truly present and within all creatures than God himself with his power. If we look at Isaiah 66, 2, it reads, Has not my hand made all these things? And in the beginning of John's gospel, confesses and tells us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. This word and right hand is Christ himself, who, even as an embryo in the womb of the Virgin Mary, held all creation together. Now the ascended Christ is with and in all creation. The glory he set aside to enter creation is once more taken up and used to its fullest in creation to rule all things. Paul says, God is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And Romans 11 adds, from him and through him and to him are all things. Christ being at the right hand of God places him where God is. And according to Isaiah 66.1, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. That's interesting. Do you imagine God's feet resting on the North Pole like your feet rest on an ottoman in front of your favorite chair? Not so. God is present in all of heaven and earth. But so that we may be saved by his son, even in his ascended, where did he go state? He most especially has promised to be with us through the preaching of his word and his sacraments. It is only in these that the power of God's right hand saves by giving us faith in Christ. This saving faith is really the sum total of the knowledge God wishes us to have, be we simpletons or members of the mensa. He wants us to know Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sins. He wants us to have and know the fullness of Christ in us to save us and give us eternal life. This was the knowledge he imparted to the disciples just before he departed when he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. I remember the smell of jet fuel, waving goodbye to my father and him returning, until the time he did not return. He left on one of his trips when I was a senior in high school, 42 years ago, and he died of a heart attack in his motel room one night while away. My father fulfilled his vocation as best as a father could. He shared this saving faith with our family, took us to Sunday school and church, darn near weekly and probably dragging me half the time, but he took us where God's word was preached and taught and where his precious sacraments were given. It may never have crossed his mind in this way, but he prepared me for the day he would not return, when he would be with his Lord, and for the day of our Lord's return. God's mighty right hand at work through the actions of a sinful and, yes, forgiven man. Jesus departed and will return on the last day. He will descend on the clouds of heaven and call us home to be with him. He will do it by and as the power of God's right hand that is strong to save. I'm sure the disciples stood gazing into the clouds like little children watching a released balloon disappear into the distance, or as one watching a plane do the same. We are basically told so in the first chapter of Acts. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into the heavens, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Christ will return in glory that we cannot simply imagine. Until that day, he is with us now. Yes, holding all creation together, but most especially in word and sacrament. God's right hand preserving 
strengthening and filling us with his righteousness, making us holy before his Father, our Father in heaven, even as we watch like those first disciples and await his return. In the name of Jesus, Amen. amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, you sent your only begotten Son into our world in order to rescue us from sin, death, and the devil. In his perfect life, sacrificial death, glorious resurrection, and ascension into heaven, he fulfilled everything written about him in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, thus winning for us forgiveness, life, and salvation. Keep us, your baptized children, clothed in his holiness and righteousness as his beautiful and unblemished bride. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. We praise you for retaining among us your holy word and sacraments. Give encouragement to congregations who are unable to gather and bring them together soon. Renew in us a love for the holy scriptures. Continue to raise up faithful stewards of your mysteries that repentance and the forgiveness of sins in Christ's name would be proclaimed in our midst and throughout all the world, and prepare all your baptized children to be faithful confessors of the hope that is in them. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. In the midst of strife and conflict, pestilence and unemployment, wars and rumors of wars, remind us that you have given all authority in heaven and earth to your Son, our ascended Lord. Call to faithfulness the leaders of the earth and bless those who govern. Thwart those who would hinder your reign among all peoples. Deliver us from greed, self-centeredness, and pride, and grant us a proper sense of priorities that we may seek those things which are above. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. On this day, as we celebrate your son's ascension into heaven where he intercedes for us as our prophet, priest, and king, give us the confidence that Whatever we ask in his name and according to his will shall be granted. Feed us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation here at the holy altar, that our faith may be strengthened and our hope increased. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. You have not left us without comfort and hope. Consider our woes and fears. Be not far from us in our times of trial. Be with the lonely, the forsaken, the sick, and the distressed. We pray this day for the family of Leo Bean, the family of Ruth Viles, the family of Lois Hauser Panning, the family of Pastor Parker Knoll, the family of Willem, William Carlock, the family of Lou Fager. Even in the midst of death, O Lord, there is yet life life with Christ and life that you give to new little ones here. We give thanks for the birth of Reagan Colette and for the baptisms of Mason Todd and Scarlet Ann. Watch over as well our journeys here, be especially with the son of our congregation, Reverend Hans Feeney, who has accepted a call to Crestwood, Missouri. Be with both congregations and their family, protect them as they travel and bless his work. Be as well with those that we name before you, Jerry, Pat, Tara and Ryan, Cruz, Michael, Bob, Carlos and Janica, Carol, Jim, Billy, and Brian. Watch over especially, O Lord, those who are shut in and must endure isolation at this time for the sake of their health. 
for Olga, Lorraine, Anne, and Doris, and for all expectant mothers and their children, that God would watch over and protect them for Laura, Allie, Anna, Megan, and Anne. Help us, O Lord, to be watchful and to always be in prayer, longing for your Son's glorious return when we too shall be resurrected to dwell body and soul in his kingdom, which has no end. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our crucified, risen, and ascended Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is meet and right so to do. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who after his resurrection appeared openly to all his disciples and in their sight was taken up into heaven, that he might make us partakers of his divine life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you, both body and soul, to life everlasting. Depart in peace and with great joy. Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen. you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Victory completed. 